Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Here we are again at the 2020 Connecticut Fishing and Outdoor Show at Mohegan Sun here on the Outdoor Drive Podcast. We are gathered again here in the media room with no windows. This is kind of sketchy in here. Um, all right, never mind. So, uh, it's a little dark. <laughs> it is a little dark. We got our man Matt Weddish back on with us, and he brought along a good friend, John Haney. John Haney, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, where you, where you come from, what you do. Hey, good afternoon. Yeah, John Haney. Um, I grew up in Wyndham, uh, not really down by the shore or anything for, oh, you're for, close what, to me. for what I do now. But um, I grew up working for my dad uh, in Wyndham, working in the kitchen. He was a caterer and owned a restaurant. So I um, grew up doing that and somehow found, found myself down on the water. My dad bought me a boat when I was 16, um, and then he ended his business shortly shortly after that. So I had to find a new job. Um, spent a lot of time on the boat that he got me, um, so I knew I enjoyed that. Um, and you went and got a captain's license? Went and got a captain's license my senior year of college, yeah. I, I have a six-pack right here. <laughs> yeah, you go. yeah, a little different, a little different six-pack. <laughs> oh, six oh, it's not, oh, it's not the same? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Didn't mean to be the so, so you went and got – how old were you when you got your captain's license? Uh, I was uh, 20, 21 20? I got it, yep. Wow. And what does that entail? That's a pretty long – yeah, um, I mean, you got to take a test. Uh, you know, there's four different parts to the captain's test. The biggest part of it is making sure you have the sea time, you know, yep. in, in order to, to to get the license in the first place. Um, and then it's based on on tonnage, what most of your time was on, um, how far offshore you've been, you know, et cetera, yep. different characteristics of the license. Come a little closer to it. Make a little love to that yeah, license right. so we can hear you. <laughs> don't if, be if afraid I'm not mistaken, for people that don't really know the marine environment, that's kind of like the CDL of the ocean, isn't it? That's pretty much right, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So It's a serious gig. Yeah, it's no joke, man. That's a it's a it's a long thing. Now, do you have your master's license or just your regular captain six-pack license? Yeah, I got my master's. I got a 100-ton master's because um, – when I was going through college, I worked for a local company there in Waterford, um, and I would fish through with them through um, through the summers. You know, worked out pretty well mm-hmm. going to college, and then the fishing season it just worked out well. So I stuck with that all through college. Um, during winter intercession of my senior years, when I applied for my captain's license, um, I uh, took the course, filled out the information, went to Boston, 
sent all my paperwork in, and I ended up with a 100-ton license. Um, I worked on some six-pack boats, some head boats, party boats. Um, but one of the coolest things I did, which is why I got the license that I did, which it's not a big deal. A 100-ton license is still kind of entry level. Um, but it was on a 100-foot boat. And um, when I was going to school on the weekends, we'd go offshore tuna fishing for two days. So wow. that's how I ended up with 100 tons. So it's pretty neat, pretty neat experiences cool, all yeah, leading yeah. up to it. Yeah. So what do you do now with it? So you work for a company called... Yeah, so, so right now I... Um, Right now, I my my full time job is running the ferry from New London to Fishers Island. Oh, okay. I've been doing that for about seven years now, and then uh, in the summertime, I have the opportunity to work on a really really awesome charter boat. So uh, I really enjoy it. Works out well for me. What is the name of the charter boat? Uh, Southbound Sport Fishing Charters. Okay, and w- and they're out of Waterford, Connecticut, right okay. out of the Niantic River. And what what kind of things do they do? Uh, we do it all. We um you know inshore, offshore. Uh, Three-hour trips to two-day trips. We were everywhere. And it's a six-pack charter? Yes. Yep. Okay. And you guys you guys do tournaments also? You guys do shark fishing, stuff like that? Yeah, we, we, we don't do as many tournaments as, um, as you know, in years prior. But um, we're a lot of inshore. We do uh, – we've gotten into sharking more and more the last few years. And the offshore stuff is kind of coming back. So we've been getting offshore for two-day trips, tuna fishing, mahi, et cetera. It seems to be more of the hype now than what it used to be because it used to be striped bass, obviously. Yeah, like, right. Like, like a huge thing, obviously, especially for our area where we are, striped bass fishing, obviously, because we have the race. Right, yeah. I no, mean, it's, it's, a, it's still a huge staple for us. I mean, probably 80% of our trips are still – you know, uh, focusing uh, on striped bass or striped bass related, you know, and with the regulations and everything, we've been kind of forced to, um, the way I put it is get, is get better at fishing for different things. You know, um, when I first started striper had to be, uh, there was a slot limit or actually they all had to be over 36 inches at right. first. Um, then they went to a slot limit and, um, and that's lasted quite a few years. It went from two fish a person down to one fish just recently. And then this year the regulations changed again to um, to another slot limit and still one fish. So, um, you know, a lot of people have said, "Oh, you know, has it really affected you guys at a char- as a charter boat?" And it has. And you know, is it is it you know bad for business? And of course it is. But the flip side of that is, it's forced us to get better as a boat. Right. Um, you know, we can with our with our five hour trip, which is the most popular. We go blues and bass for the first few hours, you know, get our fish and then go bottom fishing. We'll go, you know, fluke, um, fluke scup and, and sea bass fishing now. And you round out the trip nicely. The guys get a nice mix, mixed bag of fish to go home with. And um, it's worked out really well for us. Yeah. And I mean, the guys really, I mean, with, with their new regulations being in that slot again, I mean, obviously everybody wants a trophy bass. Sure. Let's be honest. Yeah, but absolutely. They don't. I mean, to eat that, that's not a very good table fare fish. That, I mean, yeah. That's, people, I don't care what anyone Makes a great chowder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything makes a good chowder. It really does, dude. <laughs> no, it, it holds up. Makes that's, for a great picture. But, yeah, if you're if you're looking for table fare, yeah, you're looking oh, yeah. for the 28-inch fish. And, and, the bottom, and the bottom fish. You yeah, know, no, like I said, it's forced us to get better. But um, people really appreciate it. You know, we put in the extra effort. You know, it's a, it's a lot of gear to have on the boat, a lot of, you know, a lot of preparation as far as having bait and and making sure you're taking care of the fish as as you're catching them. You know, a lot of these fish, you know, well, not a lot of the fish, but um, you know, especially bluefish, they got a they got a bad rap. But you know, the people who are complaining about them are the guys who, you know, 
they catch them, they put them in a burlap sack, they don't bleed them, they're sitting in the sun for <laughs> five hours, you know, what do you think it's going to taste oh, like? So nasty. we put a lot of effort in on, on the boat, and um, and the people appreciate it, you know. Oh, have you ever caught black sea bass before? No. Well, you know, we'll catch a few for you guys can get now that's good for. But you have to remember, black sea bass back in the day, nobody even really even knew what it was, or it wasn't even a table fare. It was oh, kind yeah. of like a lobster of the fishing world. Yeah, right. No, black, it was a real treat. People would bring it into the dock, and they'd be like, no, I'm not going to buy that. That's black sea bass. Do you have bluefish? And you're like, <laughs> what do you mean? But, I mean, this is before my yeah. time. You hear all the stories from all the old fishermen, and, right. and they would say that, you know, oh, they want bluefish. That's what they want to buy. Yeah. But that was the shit fish at the time. Mm-hmm. And and that was what built this the the fishing industry around us was bluefish. I mean, Very these big head boats were going out and catching bluefish. Yeah, we're, we're lucky to have them. Like I said, a lot of people complain about them, but if we didn't have them, I mean, what do you what do you do for a whole day? You know, like we're we're lucky to have the resources we have. We're, we're lucky to have the striper. We're lucky to have the bottom fishing that we do. But and I'll tell you, they they do a cool. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are snapping wire. And, uh, you know, they're snapping wire, they're bottom fishing or jigging or something like that. But you guys run a spoon that is just killer. Man. Yeah, I yeah, mean, we've gotten big into that. We, we were catching fish on slack tide, which, which, you know, once things, the tide goes dead, I mean, pretty much feed goes dead, everything. And I was, I was really surprised. I had fished this type a little bit. But, John, tell them a little bit about that spoon gig. Yeah, man. so we got into uh, these bunker spoons probably, probably three, four years ago. Um, for you know, for striped bass, for catching trophy striped bass. So um, it, it was actually new to me too. You know, we experimented a couple different setups for the best action, and we settled on one that we liked. And um, and uh, once you get everything, you know, everything down pat, settled in, rod, reel, uh, how much wire you're going to fish, and you know, you can change some aspects to the bunker spoon that make it fish a little differently. But once you get dialed into all that, it is it is really neat. Um, it's ugly. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I could tell you, I, I've I fished since I was uh, saltwater fishing since I was 15, and um, I've caught more fish, more big fish over 30 pounds in the last four years since we've been using this type of method. I've caught more fish over 30 pounds in the last four years than I've caught in previous since i was 16 years old and just trolling the bunker spoon yeah yep it's it's insane how effective it actually is super effective yeah it's really neat and something else i don't know if you guys do it but something else that's very effective and you wouldn't think that it's effective because even looking at a bunker spoon you're like how is that gonna work you know but when the way that it works in the water and the things in the reaction is insane but also the other thing is a tube and worm you you're like geez i can't believe how effective this actual lure is like it's it's insane like like you're saying putting big fish on the boat yep. that's a way to put big fish on the boat yep. and it's to get it in the right in getting it in the zone where those fish are and and effectively using it it can really produce very big fish yeah a friend of mine he he's he's pretty big into the tube and worm and he had a he had a very good season last year who was that, that. you can drop him on um captain seth from the otter Seth's one of my really good buddies yes that's good guy we had him on uh earlier uh, I do some hunting and fishing with Seth myself. Yeah, yeah, he's very effective with it, and yeah, that's actually more or less who I watch throughout the season. Being stuck on a headboat, so you get to watch him. Yeah, same here. I know. I, 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 it's it's cool when you know, especially if you're friends with them. But just seeing what everybody in the industry is doing, you know, it's. I think you can learn a little bit from everybody if you're willing to pay attention. And I think that everybody, you know, the brotherhood of banding together, no matter where you come from, what boat you work on. I know a lot of the old school. I mean, I know we're going to go down a rabbit hole here for a second, but <laughs> the old school guys that that 
you know, the old captains and you see them all and they're all, a lot of them are here from a lot of the headboats. There's a lot of animosity between one another. And you see the younger generations, like the deckhands from boat to boat to boat. And they're always talking and spreading word among each other. And it only makes a place like this, a greater place or the boats a better place because you have those certain people that you can call on during the day. And I bet you, you have your own that you can call on and just say, Hey man, what's going on here? Yeah. Where's the bite? Yeah, man. And that's, and it makes it better for everybody because everybody's customer is, is happy. Exactly. And it just makes a better, a better feel for everybody. Yeah. We all have a common goal and the bigger the network, you know, all the better. Yeah. So you guys do something really special, man. And I, I definitely want to bring some big light to this is the, I'm, you know, I'm going to botch the name on this, but the is it Bass and Tackle? No, Block and Tackle. Block maybe. and Tackle. That's what it is. Can you explain that a little bit to us? It's the Block and Tackle. Basically, uh, that was that was kind of my gig. <clears throat> um, what we did is, uh, I was thinking, basically, we'll we'll take people out. If uh, Southbound will take people out to Block Island. And, uh, you know, if you want to go out there or whatever, they'll do trips up the Connecticut River. They're they're not just a fishing boat. It's a 42-foot custom sport fisherman. I mean, this thing, it's slick. You know, it's not your down-and-dirty fishing boat. This thing is a machine. And uh, it's a a dialed-in boat. Um, And so I was thinking about this whole deal about, you know, Whenever, whenever I do like an outdoors thing, whether it's fishing, if I'm going trout fishing or if I'm going hunting or something like that, I bring a grill, you know, and I bring beers and at lunchtime we, we have a big time, you know, we always go in there and do stuff. So I'm like, all right, you get on the boat and everybody kind of goes fishing or everybody goes hunting or everybody does whatever. And I had a, uh, I had a client that was up in Maine that had a bear hunting outfit and they said, you know, how do I make myself different? They're right by the coast. I said, well, I said, you know, every, every bear guide service out there, bear hunts, and that's all you do. So what is going to stand you apart? What's going to make you different? So they were close to the shoreline. They had friends that were lobstermen. And I said, how cool would it be to get on a lobster boat? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, what is on the main a license plate it's a lobster right so in for bear hunting primarily you hunt in the evening you know the long drawn out evenings and in the fall and everything and that's when you hunt so in the morning you're not really doing anything you're just sitting around pulling your pud so what i was what i told him is why don't you get up and go out on a lobster boat pull pots with somebody and the guy was like that was awesome and so we did it and they had a group of people that went out and just freaked out it was up by Nova Scotia so that the tide was like, you know, 180 feet different or whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> something stupid. Dirt. Yeah, you come you down know. in low tide and the yeah. boats are on the yeah, dirt. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, it was like this crazy tide and everything. And it was just a really cool experience. I mean, they were throwing back lobsters that were like freaking two and a half feet long because they're notched females. Right. And you learn all this idea about, you know, the, the loyalty to these guys and everything. And, and we got back and everybody got to bring home a lobster for dinner and everything. And it just, it made that bear hunt an experience. And I like to try and make all that stuff an experience. I'm like, all right, well, block Island is like a destination, right? You know, and, and it's such a great party place and, you know, great food, great cocktails, great vibe, just everything about it is is cool. So I wanted to kind of integrate that into my idea of a day of fishing. Right. 
And what is cooler than going out, spending the morning fishing, having a tree fall over <laughs> while a woman's trying to take your picture while you're doing a podcast. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not part of it. I'm sorry, sweetie. <laughs> Keeping it real, right? That's it. So, <laughs> so anyways, no, you, you get out there, you know, you, you fish all morning. You're out there for four hours or five hours, whatever it is. I forget what the, how we broke it down. But then you get like four hours on Block Island. And I mean, think about it. You're like a rock star, man. You're being dropped off by this badass 42-foot limousine on Block Island. I love it. You go to Claudio's or, or uh, not Ballard's. Claudio's, Ballard's. Ballard's. You go to Ballard's yeah. or, you go, or you go over to uh, the Ore. Yeah, you know, And you get your – The best mudslide. Exactly, right? You get your game on. And, you know, it's, it's no longer just a day of fishing with the guys. It's an experience, you know, it's, right. it's a destination thing. It's just a really cool vibe. And, uh, yeah, people have been digging it. You know, it's, it's a cool gig, especially the corporate I deals. I mean, people, the corporate deal, when you can white, when you can whip out a, uh, a corporate card on, on block <laughs> Island, it's always a bonus. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, we've got a couple uh, companies that are looking at it as being a corporate event type deal. That's awesome. So, 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 John, you you're on the boat a lot. Obviously, you captain the boat, the southbound boat. Yeah. Um, yep. What do you think your one of your favorite trips to do? Do you like the offshore thing? Like, what what is your passion? Let's know about John, man. Yeah. Uh, no, like I said, the inshore is a lot of it. Um, you know, eighty percent of our seasons spend inshore doing you know blues and bass thing, bottom fishing. Um, offshore is great. There's a lot of prep work to get into it. You know, it's one two day trips. That's yep. great. Um, but sharking, I, I think sharking's probably my favorite. That's you know, your it's favorite. A, it's 12-hour gig, dock to dock, you know, depending on depending on the day. And um, it's pretty wild. I mean, you pretty much catch anything. You, know, you catch your average dogfish that you would have caught inshore and you feel like schlub. Or uh, or you bring home a 497-pound thresher and you're a hero. And it's it's pretty neat. What's it's the beautiful. biggest shark that you've put on the boat? Yeah, it was, it was that thresher I oh, just really? mentioned. Yeah, four, 497 back in... Uh, 2012 that's a giant yeah it's pretty awesome fish yeah uh that that was just a, f- a fun trip you know um me and a few buddies we took the boat and um one of my buddies is not really a not really a boat guy or a fisherman guy he wanted to go real bad and i remember he called me like two weeks in advance and he's you know we already had this trip in the books and he's looking at the weather because like i said he's not a boat guy concerned right. about the weather and Kept updating me, you know. Well, what do you think? And I said, you know what? If it's if it's bad weather, we'll just we'll stay inshore. We don't have to go offshore, you know. But let's do something because we haven't, you know. It's hard. It gets harder and harder to see your buddies and get together. It's another reason charters are great, you know. You yeah. get to reminisce with everybody again after it's been been a while. But um, so we put this trip together, and like I said, went back and forth whether we were going to go at all rather than just making an inshore trip, and, and we ended up going. We left real early in the morning. We got out there. It was um, took us like four hours to get there. We weren't far, maybe twenty five miles from the point, and um, pretty pretty shitty, (laughs) 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 pretty shitty day. We probably should have probably should have stayed at the dock and just had a thirty pack there, or (laughs) or even stay inshore. But but we went and we got out there, and I think we set in at seven, and seven thirty is when the rod went off. We were still setting. I think our last rod didn't even have a bait on it yet, and this rod went off and started screaming. And um, and we saw that fish within the first hour. He came up in a wave that was parallel to the boat, and and we knew what we had on, so we knew it was pretty special. You know, that was that was cool seeing him. 
Uh, unfortunately, we didn't see him again for three hours later. Um, <laughs> he did the old thresher dive. Yeah, huh? yeah, and you you get yeah every every whip of the tail. You know, it was fifty feet more, something like that. And um, geez, even during that fight, we had another we had another shark come right to the transom. We were hand feeding him some mackerel. That was about a two hundred pound mako. Wow. So we we had a backup plan if the, if it didn't work <laughs> out with this first one. Um, <laughs> Because you can only kill one in a day. Right, yeah, one per boat per day. That's right. And I, I, I think that's still the way to go. I mean, um, I agree. I think it's it's a good resource, but we got to protect it. So, like I said, three hours later, we ended up with that fish. But I remember the whole time we had that fish on the line. I said, if we're going to lose it, let's, let's just lose it now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, four hours later, lucky enough, we got him to the boat, harpooned him, and um, put the boat, put the fish in the boat. And um, that was pretty awesome. Like I said, that's. It's going back seven years now, and whenever I talk to any of those guys that was on that boat, that's that's what we talk about. I mean, yeah. going charter fishing is more than catching fish, and like Matt said, it's it's about the experience, and it's something it's something that lasts for a while with your buddies and your family, et cetera. So it's it's more than just fishing. It's there's a lot to it. It's a tradition type thing, yeah, and, and, and it instills in you every single fish that you catch, no matter what trip it is. I mean, I bet you we can date back to when we were kids, man, and catching that, our first big striper. I bet you we can tell firsthand that that story, and it just I bet you that that memory just brings you that much closer. And being offshore, I mean, it's it's a full time job trying to land a fish like that. Like everyone has a job, everybody has. It's not a single team effort. So you guys build and instill a big trust in one another when you're when you're offshore trying to kill a fish of that because it's it's a dangerous dangerous thing and people don't understand that i mean even a shark tail a thresher tail what can that thing do to you oh, it it be out. yeah be down on the deck for sure it would be bad news yeah. bears yeah and they did good this they did good this past year man you guys you guys landed a bunch of you guys did good on threshers and got a mako up there and yeah, yeah, we had a few makos. Um, unfortunately, with the regu- well, not unfortunately. Again, it's good. It's good for the resource. Um, they had up the limits on yep. on makos, which is it's fine. But eighty three, um, and then they down yeah, it because it's the male female. Yeah, thing. that's right. I was gonna say. Yeah, you gotta. How are you gonna very f- nicely ask this mako to turn over? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially one on a hook. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if you guys right. have ever had a mako, but it's not a good task <laughs> to begin with. And now you want him to roll over to see if he's a male or female. Yeah, you just gotta ask nicely. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Is that how we do it? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Give him a beer. <laughs> a, lot sh- a lot of short makos around this year. Yeah, we did get one keeper, but it was... Um, the thresher fish in the last three years has been phenomenal. You know, they're they're close. There seems to be plenty of them, and um, they're a lot of fun. Isn't it... So, so, obviously, you've been on the water for a while. We've established that, but, like, isn't it crazy how the bait has totally changed? Like... When, when was the last time you've seen schools of mackerel that we've seen local like that? Uh, this year was insane. Wasn't it yeah, insane? That was very cool. And, and and not even that. So we didn't. We normally have the schools of that like of bunker, and now it's the mackerel, and it's and it's right. now switched. <clears throat> I mean, this is my personal opinion, man, it, and that doesn't mean anything. But the like Massachusetts or up that way, like the Cape and stuff. I've done some commercial fishing up there, and they had schools on mackerel that were crazy, and now they have the bunker, and we have the mackerel. Yeah, sort isn't of like it, a switch there. Then. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. And it's like those are things that we've never seen. And now, like you're saying, those fish are coming closer in to inshore. They're not as far off the point or sometimes inside the point yeah. that they're catching giant threshers and right inside that are sure, on these yeah. piles of bait, man. <laughs> yeah. And it's just – it's crazy how that changes. A lot, everything's cyclical. I mean, no matter no matter if you're hunting, fishing, whatever it may be, you know, everything goes in cycles. You know, and I can remember, I can remember blue fishing when I was, when I was a kid. 
and um, you know, you could walk across the bunker. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, literally, just, it, it was just thick. I could I could go out and catch my my bunker snagging at dark and just by sound. Yep. Just throw that throw that snagging hook out there, get them, and just not even have to worry. Just throw in a direction, and you had them. And I didn't see that until probably about you know maybe six seven years ago. Uh, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, it really started coming back. The the uh, bunker started coming back. We started yep. getting more bait, and I don't know what it is, but that started rotating back in. And then now you're seeing this swap. So yep. something's going on. You know that water that that the bait because who knows? A lot of that is what they're feeding on. You know yeah. what brings them into an area is what they're feeding on. So and what they're following. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, the more we see of different things in here. You know, it can also mean the health of the environment, you know, and, and what's to come I if mean, we treat it right, like John said, you and, know. And when we were kids, we used to fish with herring. That was like the, the trails. Yeah, man. Do you <laughs> yeah. remember those days? Like, oh that God. was, and we can't even, or even, even bringing it back a little bit more when we could fish with Elwives for bass. Oh, God. You know, yeah. like that was back in the day. And, and those things have now diminished and we don't have those. And then it went into the bunker. And now we're starting to lose the bunker, especially in our local fisheries and some of our rivers and stuff. And now it's the mackerel. And yeah. it's just crazy how it has changed. Um, with that, now the regulations are changing with the bass. I mean, do you see that that's going to make a big change for you as being a bass fisherman? Um, like I touched on earlier, of course it's going to affect us. You know, there's people who are out there who are just, you know, trophy hunters. They want the big fish. They want fish over 40 inches. You know, they want them 30 pounds or heavier. We Cap, we only want big fish. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Me too. It just made my day a lot harder. <laughs> me too. So, you know, of, of course that's, that's, that's what we want, but... um. Like I said, it's good for the resource, and by regulations changing, um, I think it forces you to be better. You you figure yep. out something else to do. All right, I know we can only keep one bass. You know, bluefish went down uh, for a creel limit. You know, it used to be 10, went down considerably for recreational guys, went all the way down to three this year. Right. Uh, for the charter and headboats, you know, it's staying at five, which which is good. Um but it just forces you to get better. Yeah, you know, we got our fish. We got our striper. We got our blue fish early. You guys ever had black sea bass? Let's go do that. Uh, oh, you want to go fluke fishing? Sure. No, porgies. we can do that. We got the stuff on the boat here. Give me 10 minutes. I'll switch it over. We got bait. We'll get everybody set up, and we'll be bottom fishing in no time here. Just And I'll tell you, when you go home with a bunch of bags of, of meat, it brings them <laughs> back. <laughs> Dude, it is. It's, it, when, when you're not sitting there going, okay, <clears throat> I got this striper. And I'm, you know, I'm going to cook it and whatever. I'm going to do it on the grill or whatever you're going to do with it. When you go back with that sea bass or you go back with that porgy, oh, my God. And people, those are like junk fish. And it's people like so would think good, at dude. first, like porgies. It's stupid. Yeah. They're so good. You know, and uh, not to interrupt you. No, I know no, you're no. Just about no say you son, but um, a, a, a guy who's been, he's no longer with us anymore. You know, he's, he fished for a long, long time. He had a really successful business. Um I got to fish with him for a few years, and he said, when, you know, said something that stuck with me. He said, you know, you're not just, a, not just a charter boat captain. You're not just a charter boat mate. You're not just working on a party boat. you got to be an entertainer. You know, fishing isn't always good. So, you know, you gotta, you got to keep them busy, and I, I'm a firm believer in that. I think he was absolutely right. You're an entertainer, and, you know, when you're on the charter and things are slow, you gotta, you got to keep them busy. you gotta, you got to put in the effort and um, 
keep them excited and that that's a big part of it too you know yeah and they're there for a good time it's not always the fish the fish adds a bonus to to it but a lot of people that especially on a six-pack man it's it's more or less the outing the tradition the people that are gonna you know they're gonna remember it's a group of guys they're gonna remember your smile they're gonna remember the things that you said the jokes i mean a lot of them are crappy jokes because we tell them over and over and over again but (laughs) they're still great things so i got one question for you is what drives you to do this every single day because it it wears on you after a season it'll kill you and and it definitely beats on you but what drives you to keep continuing to come back to the boat oh no it doesn't john you're lucky you fish every (laughs) day don't don't even get me going because we i bet you me and john could go on for hours about that but (laughs) go ahead um well you know the stories may be a little different for me i feel i'm i'm pretty fortunate so um I didn't grow up fishing. I, I didn't grow into a fishing family. Like I said, I was as almost as far opposite as you could be. You know, I'm not a farmer, but grew up in a kitchen working for my dad. And um, I broke into it when I, when I had to go and find a job. So uh, after I stopped working for my dad, went out and found a job, got into it right around freshman year of, of college. And um, I didn't have another job. Fishing Fishing was my job. And then I would go to school during the school year. So... Um, you know, when I first got into it, to be completely honest, I, um, I thought a lot of the guys around me were pretty cranky and it was important <laughs> for me. I knew at that point you it, was, weren't far it, was, off. it was important for me to finish school. I, I don't want to end up like these guys, pretty cranky and grouchy and don't even say hi to you in the morning when you step uh-huh. on the boat. So, so, uh, so I, I fished all through college, you know, made, made myself finish college, um, and my attitude kind of changed because at that point, um, I became a fisheries observer, graduated with a degree from UConn in marine biology and became a fisheries observer. And um, I knew I didn't have to fish anymore. You know, I, I, that wasn't my main source of income anymore. So my attitude kind of changed. So when I, when I did come back to charter fishing, when I, when I could, you know, when I wasn't out on commercial boats, um, it ended up being more enjoyable for me. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that I had to anymore. It was a choice I could make. Yeah, I want to fish today. No, I don't want to fish today. Um, and then I got my current job. And um, like I said, fishing is still not my main source of income. So when I do fish now, I man, I love it. I'm down to the boat before the captain. I got everything going. Boats opened up. People are walking down the dock, you know, our customers. And for me, it's a totally different attitude. And I, I enjoy the hell out of it now. I think it's great. Absolutely. And it, and it, and it's the people and be, I bet you, I mean, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it's just being there, the camaraderie of the boat. And obviously you have good people that you deal with every single day. So it makes it a better environment for customers and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the biggest things is I'm on one of the best boats. I mean, the boat is awesome. Um, you know, it's however, however we want to tailor a trip to the customers, you know, it's kind of up to us. Um, we get, we, we, we get to, pick what we're doing you know we mm-hmm. create our own destiny for that day and uh i think it's great i'm i think i'm very fortunate to do what i do so with you being on different boats and working different places and so on so what do you think that southbound sets aside from all the other boats gotta come down and see the boat so i'm saying it's that's slick. what i'm saying no I, I i think it's a slick thing i just no but you're right bring them down to the boat come down check it out can they is there a spot to find them online yeah, you go to sbfishing.com, um, shows all our rates, trips. And uh, if, you don't, if you don't see something that you're looking for, just give us a call and, and, and ask. We'll be more than happy to tailor a trip to you. Like, and, and like Matt said, we don't even have to go fishing. You want to go cruising, you want to bring your family down. You guys are new to boating. 
we'll show you the ins and outs. Um, you know, we'll, we'll take you to Montauk. We'll take you to Block. You want to go offshore? We'll show you what offshore fishing is all about. We'll, we'll do whatever you want. It's, it's just our pleasure to have you on the boat. I love it. So I guess at this point, is there anything you want to leave the people with before we end this off? Come check us out. Once you're there, you're hooked. I love it. No so, pun intended. <laughs> so I love it. I want to thank everyone for taking the outdoor drive with us and spending another time with us here at the Outdoor Drive. Thanks again, guys. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers.